Good morning, Selma Church. My name is Christian McKinnon. I'm a covenant member here, and I have the honor and privilege of bringing today's sermon on Psalm 1. So let's read Psalm 1 together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the reading of the Lord. So I'm going to do something a little unconventional and bring uh, my son Joshua up. Um, and as he uh, prepares to come forward and to share a little bit, uh, I want to share that uh, he has been an example in my life. My son, Joshua, who's 17, has been an example to a 47-year-old man. And uh, specifically, he's been an example uh, in how he has, he has seen the value of God's Word. He's been able to recently understand that God's Word can conform you to Christ. And so I want him to share just a little bit here as we begin about how that has happened uh, and where he was, and then we'll bring him up toward the end of our sharing today, and he'll explain the, the great impact that it's had in his life. Up until about two weeks ago, I did not have a craving for the Bible, and I would look at my life, and I had a craving for all these other things that weren't necessarily bad, but they were taking away from my time and just desire for the Word. These things were like guitar, fashion, sports, and even just sleep, like staying up late and wanting to sleep in all morning, which would just take away from my time in the morning with God. And I realized that I did not crave God, um, or just being in the Word like I did with these other things, and I wanted a change, and I wanted to make it a goal to be in the Word every day, and so I could just learn more about God and just uh, experience God at His full. So thanks, Josh, for that. Uh, let's focus in on the first two verses of Psalm 1, and this is going to be the focus of our attention this morning. Uh, let me read it again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So what do these words mean? I believe with all of my heart that this outlines, this entire chapter, first of all, outlines at the highest level our role as followers of Christ. And it also dives deep into the darkest corner of our hearts, examining every potential barrier between you and your maker, between me and my maker. The word is a two-edged sword of examination and reconciliation. And we know that in the New Testament, Paul calls it a two-edged sword. So make no mistake about it, this, this whole chapter is written for the Christian, the believer the person who has surrendered their life and put their trust in Jesus. Psalm 1 is written 
for the person who has admitted their lostness in sin and that there is nothing that they can do to earn their way to heaven. It's written for the person who has confessed with their mouth and declared with their heart that Jesus is Lord. The one who paid for the penalty of sin through the innocent blood spilled at the cross. It's written for the one who believes that this same Lamb of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, defeated death when he raised from the grave and conquered evil once and for all. This is who this passage is for. It's written for the Christian. So now that we have the audience identified, you and me as Christians, what do the words of this passage mean? Uh, We're going to be taking this word by word, phrase by phrase. We're going to look at um, two main areas. First of all, definitions, and then second, the downward spiral that we see in verses one and two. The three words are blessed, delight, and meditate. And then we'll talk about this downward spiral movement of what blessed is not, as it's written in verse 1. What does blessed mean? First of all, two main synonyms as we see and we, we, we study from, from Hebrew uh, that it's, it means fortunate or happiness. But it doesn't mean the kind of happiness that you and I might think about in today in the United States in 2020. Uh, but this kind of happiness is a happiness that is an effect. So there's cause and effect. And the cause is Christ's gift of grace and mercy to you. And that, more than anything, should make you happy. And so when we think about happiness uh, today, we understand that. When we talked about happiness in, in Scripture, they used the word blessed. And you can call it fortunate, and we are fortunate to be able to have received the grace and mercy from Jesus. This is why we are called blessed. The blessed are the ones who have entered into a covenant relationship with God by faith, being instructed in his word, and consequently, their lives are marked with joy, with peace, with love, and fruitfulness in character and deed. It sounds like the fruit of the Spirit that we heard from Brandon a few weeks ago in, in, in one of the sermons on the Holy Spirit and living in the Spirit. So a question that I have for you, does that describe you? Do you see joy, peace, love, and fruitfulness in your life? You see, I believe, as I mentioned earlier, that Psalm 1 is written to the Christian. But even more specifically than that, Psalm 1 is, is almost like a guide uh, to talk to God. It's a, it's a reflection. It's a mirror. It's a way to talk to God one-on-one. This is about you. It's not, uh, this doesn't say that this is a, these are questions for the church. These are questions for the believer, the follower of Christ. This is meant to be a diagnosis. It's meant to be an examination between you and and your maker, Jesus Christ. So let me ask some questions that might help you think through what it means to be blessed, and you'll see these on the screen. Have you entered into a covenant relationship with Jesus? If so, that's what it means to be blessed. Is Jesus the only hope you have? Are you instructed in and by his word, personally, 
consistently saturating yourself in the word of God? Are you living tenaciously on your own or by the word of God? There's a huge difference there. Are you daily choosing to allow scripture to influence your whole life? Are you actively learning from scripture? Is there intentionality? Is your life marked by God? Have you delighted in the peace you have with God? Are you hoping for something better? So blessed. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk and stand and sit and with the wicked, with sinners and with scoffers, but rather who delights in all things from the Lord. It's interesting that when we look at Psalm 1, we see um, that, that God comes right out and said, this is not what blessed is. And so there's, there's three groups of three, and it's interesting, as I studied this, and as I uh, looked at some commentaries and some theologians from the past, they see this downward spiral, and I mentioned that earlier. This downward spiral, you can see on the screen, we have three sets of three. Walks, stands, and sits. And second set, counsel, way, and seat. The third set, wicked, sinners, and scoffers. So how do these relate with one another? How do they fit together? And to me, there appears to be a, a definite downward spiral. Uh, theologians through the years have seen this as well. Um, but you can see that uh, the, the first line of walking and receiving counsel and maybe seeing and observing what the wicked do, really that's a, around the bad influence. It's, it's, it, it's the idea of you considering it. And then it goes to the next line down where you're starting to participate in it. And then, and then you fully are engrossed in it, and you're participating fully. You have a seat at the table, and that's not what being blessed is. Probably a good story to think about is, is David. When I think of uh, King David in the Bible, a man after God's own heart, but a man who had some pretty serious sin in his life. When you think about um, uh, the, the books of Chronicles and, and uh, Samuel and Kings, you start to see some similarities of what the kings would do. And the kings would, would uh, in the spring of the year, would send their armies off to battle. And you would see uh, the, the, the kings would not just send them off, but they would go with them and they would conquer their enemies. Um, and so David did this year after year after year, and, 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 and he uh, was a conqueror. He was a mighty king. He was a warrior. But on this particular year, David decided that he wasn't going to go out with his army. He decided actually to stay in the temple. He stayed in Jerusalem. And so his army went out, and uh, the story goes that he's on the terrace, and he's strolling, he's simply walking, and he notices Bathsheba. And then the sin starts. He um, uh, commits adultery with Bathsheba. And then, uh, and, and so he's, he's moved from walking to standing in, in, in the sin. And you can see on the screen that first set, he's standing in sin, and then, and then it progresses. It doesn't just stop there. He, he lies. He brings Uriah back. Uriah is Bathsheba's husband, and he tries to cover it up, and it doesn't quite work out, and all of a sudden, he, he, he is, he's not just standing in sin. He's completely sitting in sin. He's sitting in it so, so much to the point that he decides to murder one of his lifelong friends, Uriah to totally cover up the entire mess. David, a man after God's own heart, decided to sit in that sin 
So when we think about this idea of this downward spiral, we really don't have to look far. We don't have to look deep into Scripture before we start seeing people of God start to unwind and go through the downward spiral. You see, when we walk, we stop, and we consider, and then all of a sudden we're deep in descent. We've considered, we've participated, and now we're seated at the table. We're fully vested in the sin. And you can see right there in Psalm 1, verse 1, what blessed is not. Blessed being happy. Do we think that David was happy? Well, you can fast forward to um, Psalm 52. Psalm 52, when he, the, he, he wrote Psalm 52 right after he was um, confronted by the prophet Nathan. And it was the antithesis of being happy, being blessed, delighting in everything that's happening. He was the opposite. And we see that he says, create in me a clean heart, renew unto me, Lord, the blessings. Uh, Take not your Holy Spirit from me, create in me a clean heart. And so it is possible when we go down this downward spiral to repent and to return, and David was restored. So when we think about uh, this in our own lives, uh, we probably are wondering, well, why is this important? Now, this is important because Jesus bore our sins. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, and, and then he goes on to say why. So that we would live in righteousness. So a question for you, when we think about this downward spiral, are there influences in your life that are leading you toward sin or wickedness or evil that need to be cut out? Is there any part of your life that's going through a downward spiral? And there's all kinds of influences out there from social media to friends to, to, to an ungodly, impure lifestyle, negative thoughts, poor attitudes about people, your circumstances, not being grateful, lusts of the flesh, maybe even judgment of other Christians um, that don't quite match your preferences. And we see that all over social media today of the judgment that's happening during this time of COVID, of, of, of uh, racial injustice. Uh, I was told the other day that we are in uh, a miniature 1960s bubble of, of, of this, this unrest that's happening. Are there things within that and within our thoughts that we need to unseat to get back to where David found himself later in Psalm 52, completely restored. So when we think about this, blessed is the man who, who doesn't go down this, death, this, this, this downward spiral. Blessed is that man who does not get trapped in the influences of the world. So when I think about um, the next verse, the next verse um, in, in Psalm uh, one, we read, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and his law, he meditates day and night. So let's define that. We spent a lot of time defining uh, blessed. Now let's define these two other words, delight and meditate. And when I think of delight, I think of the things that bring us pleasure. I'll never forget 2006, the Colts win the Super Bowl. And I was, uh, I was completely delighted. And I don't know very many people here in Indianapolis that were not delighted. I, we weren't even living here 
uh, in Indiana, and, and we were living overseas, and we were delighted. We were completely delighted with the win that the Colts had. However, that should pale in comparison to the delight of knowing God's word and breathing it in and knowing that the hope that comes from the scriptures should, should, should make us blessed and create an immense amount of delight. So delight is what brings you pleasure and it's being pleased with what God commands it's kind of hard to separate delight and meditate. They kind of they really go together. Because when you think about defining what meditate means, meditate is is meditating on it day and night. And and, and so do you delight in the law of God? If yes, then there needs to be some proof. And that proof is your meditation. Your meditation should be, be that proof. So let's think about it like this. If you love your wife, so husbands, if you love your wife and you tell her that you love her but you spend no time with her, that's a bit delusional. Some people might even call you a hypocrite. And so there's the, the, the proof of this, of your meditation and your delight, needs to be this, just this overwhelming idea that you desperately need this ingredient of God's word in your life every single day. To meditate means to think deeply and to apply what you're, what you're reading and what you're hearing. But meditation isn't just the goal. I remember growing up, and uh, I would say even in my adult life as, I was, as I've discipled my kids, that quiet time, we often would talk about quiet time being this, that, or sounding like it was the goal. Quiet time isn't the goal. Prayer isn't the goal. Conformity to Christ and fruitfulness is the goal. Meditation, delighting in the word, praying, doing your quiet times, and meditating through that are means to that goal. I think that's key. When I think about meditation, I also think about um, some other people in, 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 in the Bible. I think of Joshua in the Bible, uh, he, where he was getting ready to go and uh, uh, um, uh, cross the Jordan and to attack Jericho, the first city in Canaan, and to start taking over the promised land as God had commanded him. And what do we see when Joshua starts to do this? Joshua is frightened. Joshua is, is fearful. And God says, do not be afraid. I am with you. And he also says to meditate on his law, to meditate on his word. We see uh, later on um, all kinds of turmoil politically in the time of some of the prophets. And, and, and God raises up Ezra from, from that. And, and what, does he tell to, what, what does he say to Ezra? He says to meditate. Meditate on, on the law. Fast forward to the New Testament. Uh, we see one of Jesus' very last teachings as he's walking from the, 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 the Last Supper, as we call it, in the upper room um, to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he has one more lesson for his disciples, and they're walking along, and he, and he starts talking about this idea of abiding. They're walking through um, uh, a, a grove of trees, and he's, there's, there's a, 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 literally trees there, and he's talking about um, being fruitful and abiding uh, in, in, in the true vine. God wants us to abide in him. And so how do, we, how do we get the word to abide in us? By meditating on the word of God. So as we start to wrap up these two verses, uh, I want to, uh, to, to bring Josh up again. And I'd like for him to share um, a, a little bit about uh, what caused him 
to, to move this direction in terms of meditating on the, on, on the word of God and, and, and the immense impact that it's had in his life. So this realization that I wasn't craving the Bible uh, kind of occurred at the Camp Lost Timber in Minnesota. Shout out to Bryson and Chris. And it was the speaker there. He was actually not even talking about the specific thing, but he was just saying that I don't get like how people can't crave, like don't crave the Bible like he does and just don't like want to read it and experience everything in it. And I saw that and heard that and I looked at my life and I just saw that I definitely was not craving it. And I looked at the Bible as kind of a check off the box thing in the morning where I just do that and then I just move on with my day. And other than that, I didn't think about it at all. But then I, I realized that really being in the word and just reading the scripture, which is literally God's words, is much more than that. And it can strengthen our relationship with Jesus. And I realized that there was just so much more. And I just made it my, a habit to be in the word every single day. And since then, I've just felt so much joy and peace every single day. And I've just felt ultimately so much closer to God, and it's just been awesome. Thanks, Josh, for that. That has been um, truly impactful in our life, and so I think what I'd like to do is just to invite us into prayer, that, that, that we as a body of believers, uh, both individually and corporately, would understand how important it is to, to be meditating and to take seriously uh, this gift of Scripture that God has held out for us. So let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, this reading, these two very small verses in, in the very first chapter of Psalms. And um, Father, I just ask that you would allow us to understand uh, that you truly aim for us to be blessed and, and, and that you have um, all, of, all of your will and your desire is that, that you would bless us richly. And, and, and to bless us in internal ways that, that ways in this world and ways in this uh, life that can't be defined. As hard as we try, Lord, uh, to be blessed by what we do, Lord, it, it, it just seems to fail. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, for those of us who are striving after the wind and striving after uh, ways that, that we believe, Lord, that, that we can be blessed, that, that are of this world. Help us, Lord, to carve those out of our lives and to put you first. Help us to delight in your word. Help us to meditate on it day and night. In your name we pray, amen.